You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. The Fox and the Phoenix podcast is now a proud recipient of two 27th Annual Communicators Awards, garnering audio and podcast distinction for individual episodes in the categories of society and culture and diversity and inclusion. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser and author of the Living with Cross-Dressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hi, Savannah. Hi, Julie. How are you today? I am doing very well. Uh, As you know, we are recording on Sunday, so it is Savannah Starbucks Sunday. But today, I might have to create a new hashtag because it was also Savannah Sunday shopping. Whoa. Judy and I went to pick up a Facebook Marketplace Lego lot. Mm-hmm. And we, we basically drove about 45 miles to go pick this up. And on the way back, uh, Judy's like, well, Trader Joe's is on the way back. So Ooh. we so we stopped at Trader Joe's. And again, I am all, in all cases, I am all in full Savannah mode. So we met the seller, and she didn't seem too put off by meeting Savannah. And we talked for a few minutes, and her husband came out and said, Hey, here's some more stuff that was missing. And he didn't seem to bat an eyelash, because he went right back into the house. So he didn't um, seem too concerned about this, this person in his garage with his wife. And so then after that, we went to Trader Joe's. I don't know about your Trader Joe's, but ours is fairly small. So it just, you know, doesn't take too long to get through the store. Right. And so we got our chocolate and we got all sorts of meats and cheeses and vegetables and uh, all things awesome. And then we went to the Starbucks by my office and we hung out there for a little bit. And another patron came in with the most gorgeous, gorgeous rainbow self-dyed hair whoa it was amazing what's that all the colors were there all the colors oh yes she was all on top of it and judy was like oh my god my colors were not that vibrant when i had them done and Mm. i'm like well let's go talk to her so we went i said love your hair it looks amazing she complimented us back and i said did you do that yourself she's like yeah did it all myself i said are you a natural blonde she's like no i had dyed you know i have dark hair so she had to, you know, um, strip it and make it more blondish, so all the colors red. But it was so gorgeous. She, she. I wish I would have taken a picture, but she looked amazing. And then I came home to do a little podcast editing, and now we got a brand new episode. You are so good. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What was your day like? I actually have family in town from Los Angeles. So my nieces are here as well as my sister-in-law. My nieces, she has three children. And this morning we went to visit my husband's 98 year old grandma. Whoa. Yeah. So it was very exciting. We brought her bagels and locks and the, the girls played outside and it was just a lovely, lovely time. So yeah, I'm feeling very, uh, my heart is full this morning and Mm, mm, yeah mm. i'm really happy to be here 
Wow. And, and, and not to bring it down a little bit, but do you recognize that being 98 years old, she was she has gone down through two pandemics. Mm. She's lived life long enough to have seen a hundred year span almost of two pandemics in her lifetime. And that's, that's amazing to have that that richness of life. Oh, my God, is amazing. It's wonderful. And she looks so good and she lives independently. I'm sure my mother-in-law would would like her to have a little more help. But, you know, to me at 98 years old, it's like, let's let it ride, you know, <laughs> let her live her life the best she can. And, you know, as, as long as she's self-sufficient, yeah. yeah, that's the most important thing. It's like, I get the idea of like, hey, we would love for you to have a visiting nurse or maybe we'd like you to have a live-in companion or, or something to assist her. But it sounds to me that she is fierce and thriving and at 98, like, I got this. Yeah, and she doesn't want it. Yes, it would be easier. Yes, she'd have someone to talk to, but she's happy. And I think that once you add the care and you add the different levels of support one may feel what's the point in living if i can't mm. just live my life mm -hmm. and i have to feel like i have a, a nurse that's doing everything for me and i think once you're still kind of quote with it because her mind she's so sharp mm. that taking that independence away i think would be tragic for her mm. uh, but it's kind of like the driving of the car where something had to happen to kind of convince her it's time yeah, you know yeah yeah and the sad part is is this year um i don't want to get to i really want to jump right into the topic but i'm gonna say one more thing and that's that this pandemic has really shifted her lifestyle i mean she used to for years would get up and swim every morning and even after she wasn't able to drive anymore she kind of had you know a couple that would bring her to the pool and bring her back and so this pandemic has just been a total lifestyle change but she still is so grateful every morning she's happy for what she has and what she can do no matter what it looks like so yeah i just shout out to her because she is an exceptional woman who has always accepted me just as i am mm. and I'm so fortunate to have found a husband that has a living grandma, never mind a grandma that was a, is still living at 98 years old mm -hmm. and thriving as best as she could. So, yeah. Well, before we jump into the topic, then I need to ask you, does your grandma know about Savannah? She does. She does. And I've showed her. I, I kind of, every time I talk to her, she kind of asks about the podcast as well as about Fox and Hanger. And I today i was showing her my phone and i was slowly brushing through like all the different episodes we've done mm. and yeah she does nice nice yeah i love it so love she's it. always been a very accepting sort i'm doing a lookbook right now and and i you know showed her what i was working on and then we got back down to like the um breastplate mm. as well as some um, like tushy pads and she got a little <laughs> giggle out of that she was <laughs> She got a little chuckle. She thought that was very funny <laughs> at 98 it. years young. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for that. So what are we talking about today besides our fantastic lives? So today it was very interesting because last week, last recording we did was all about um, 
your girlfriend Judy, who mm. came out to her, who finally came out to all of her children upon going to New York, it was kind of like a Adapalooza, where she just <laughs> did a grand tour, right? Where yes. she did a solo tour, where she had these conversations with her adult children about who Savannah is after many, many, many years of you waiting patiently and lovingly for her to get comfortable with it all. So right after that episode recorded was really interesting because it was like literally two minutes after we were finished and I had a, a listener um, named Amelia Rose. She's actually not just a listener. She is such a kind and loving force, like so many listeners, but this one in particular has really done everything to show her love and support and spread the word about our podcast. You know, every week she kind of does, she does a lot of these, my stories on Instagram mm -hmm. and she'll share the, the image of our newest episode and she'll write a flashy verbiage that says, must check this out. This is so important. So she really mm. has been a cheerleader and an advocate for us. So she had reached out to me and she had mentioned that she had recently come out to her parents. Mm, okay. So it was along the same trajectory as what we had talked about in our episode. You know how much I love the magic and the synchronicities of life. Yes. So I was delighted at how perfectly timed this was. She wanted to share with us. Um, and she mentioned if maybe this could be a topic okay. for our podcast. And yes, it is. Yes, it is a topic for today. That's pretty cool that uh, she exactly. reached out. Yeah. It's very, very magical. Timely. Very timely, mm -hmm. very magical. Yeah. So Divide. what is it? Mm, nice. So what is it specifically as she came out to her parents? How did she do that? Thank you for asking. She followed the, the method that many people, when they're coming out to their family, whether it be coming out that they're gay, transgender, whatever kind of hard moments that have really been a support a supportive tool for the LGBTQ is in the form of a letter. Mm. Now, I'm okay. not sure if it was an actual physically written letter. We received a copy of this via email, um, but I really feel like writing a letter is a really amazing opportunity for the, the individual to say everything they want to say without interruption, to really give the individuals that are receiving this note or the individual the time to kind of process. What do you, how do you feel about the form of a letter? I love letters. We don't know if it came electronically as an email or if it was handwritten or even typed on a sheet of paper and mailed. Right. I did do that with my sister years ago. It was a handwritten letter, but very short and sweet. And it had pictures of me Polaroid style. And I shipped them off to her in a letter oh, and said, please call, please call me when you get this. And she did. She's like, what am I looking at? And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you asked. So it was something to foster a conversation, but I didn't necessarily say, dearest Julie, I'm writing this letter to you today to let you know that I have diversity in my gender. Right. Um, From the Fox and the Phoenix <laughs> Press. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done that, but there is a romanticism to it because it's tangible, it's tactile, you have it in your hand. It allows the sender to really choose their words, pour over it, edit it in a way that is most concise, most telling mm -hmm. to their own story. Try to get the words right, which is a lot more difficult if you're on the spot 
and trying to come up with the words on the fly. A lot of people may not have that skill set as a communicator, as a verbal communicator. So in the written word, you can take all the time you want and need to perfect it to the, the way you want it to be read. And for the recipients, just like you said, they can read it. And while you know there will be shock, reading allows the recipient to stop, take a moment, reset, maybe read it two or three or four times, digest it in a way that you can do so much easier in written form than in like as a person staring at you waiting for your response and now you feel pressure and expectation and you know what do I do and you feel very um cornered in a lot of ways if if you've been revealed to in person so very very much and I but I also think that in person when you're having the talk with someone and I was actually interestingly enough I was um, counseling someone about this yesterday actually because they were going to have a, the talk with their spouse about that you know it isn't a fetish this is me hmm. so I had suggested to write a letter make sure you get all your key points mm -hmm. in and I think the reading of a letter is also very important when when you're sitting across from the person at the table because when it comes to the talk there's a lot of entities at play, right? There's tuning into her feelings and responses. If you're just having a conversation, there's the forgetting mm -hmm. of important information. There's the wanting to people please and trying to get inside your per your significant other's head. So I really think that a letter is an effective tool, even if you're with that person. Mm. And then the person receiving the letter has time to let it digest and then maybe give some space and then come back come back to the discussion again having had that letter kind of marinate yeah for a absolutely. minute so yeah i applaud amelia for following in the in the footsteps of a lot of people that have successfully come out on their own terms that's the right, thing about a right. letter you're coming out on your own terms you're not being bombarded with feelings and questions as if you're you know, having the conversation without that script, without mm -hmm. your truth written down, because how many times have you and I kind of forgot something as we're talking and later on been like, I wish I would have said this, you know? Why never? We we are the epitome <laughs> of podcasting perfection when it comes right. to all our, no, absolutely. We, we <laughs> do the listeners, mm -hmm. Julie and I have gone many times either after the recording or after its release and say, oh yeah, we really should have talked about this. And I always make sure I tell Julie, say, listen, we have so many opportunities. We can revisit this a hundred times, but yeah, there are those missed opportunities. We wish we would have caught that lightning in a bottle in that moment. So yes, having a script, especially in a reveal format, knowing that like, okay, cause, cause now the crossdresser is going to be very freaked out right? Like they might be feeling very uncomfortable about this. They might be feeling defensive. They might be having all sorts of shame feelings. And, and all of a sudden, everything's very intense in that reveal right. for both sides. So mm -hmm. to have that stuff written down, like you said, whether it be a written letter that you send to the person or provide that person and then walk away and let them digest it on their own or making sure that if you're having this conversation you know all those points. So you don't walk away from that opportunity saying, oh, I really forgot to talk about all these other things. And it will come up later, 
but if you were able to get that like on paper and in front of the the partner or recipient or child it's it's a good thing to have just as a reference tool for sure correct so do you want to crack open this letter uh, let's do this i'm <laughs> gonna right. let you read it all right all right okay and then okay <clears throat> should i get a sip i'm gonna get a yes, sip of green that. tea peeps mm. Mm, 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 mm. i got the extra extra large at starbucks oh you got the, the trenta yeah the trenta sounds so exotic it is exotic okay. All right, everyone, get cozy. <clears throat> and this was from Amelia Rose to her family. Okay. I'm writing this letter rather than speaking it because this is an extremely sensitive subject, and I want to make sure you receive all the facts. To put it plainly, I've come to the realization that I'm dual gender, which means I identify with both male and female. Another term that fits is gender fluid but I feel that the dual term better describes who I am. At this time, I do not intend to abandon my male identity, but I am in the ongoing process of exploring how I wish to express my female side. This means that there are days when I will dress in women's clothes with makeup and a wig and prefer to be called by my chosen female name, Amelia. This is not something I do strictly in private. I've been out into the world many times with wife at my side. She has been very much a part of my discovering this side of myself, and she is always there to make sure I am doing so safely. I'm sure there are many questions you want to ask, but I will start with what I expect are the obvious ones. Ooh. Yeah. First of all, she, I have tingles. Number one. First of yeah. all, that is so well uh, put together. I love how she wrote it. I love it was very matter of fact. Not like defending herself. Just like, hey, by the way, this is how I recognize myself. This is how authentic I am. I don't do this in private, which I think is a big statement for many. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I Wow. I just, the way you read it and the way she wrote it is perfect I, I really loved everything about and just it. fyi she put in brackets wife when really just <laughs> to preserve the confidentiality yes yes i saw that <laughs> <For us>. yes. <laughs> and i'm actually very curious about many questions um, yeah we'll start I mean, with what I, they expect to be the obvious ones totally which i think she just nipped it all in a bud because of course when parents are hearing this their mind is swirling mm -hmm. and like a true master or a black belt in their craft <laughs> she immediately was like i'm sure you i'm sure there are many questions you want to ask but i will start with what i expect are the obvious ones to which she put in bold might i add hello. So let's just hello let's just go through each one and discuss okay. we're gonna okay. discuss okay you ready i am ready are you ready peoples okay we're ready <laughs> number one are you going to transition to a woman slash take hormones slash get surgery and she wrote no not in the sense of making any permanent changes to my body i do not currently feel the need to take these steps in order to feel whole I do still spend a considerable amount of time in male mode, especially for work and the majority of my social life. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. slow clap, right? <laughs> well, I guess we can't mic drop it just yet, but yes, I love it. We all know the top three. 
right? We know right. sexuality, transition, and dry queen. We know those are typically the top three <laughs> things. So to hit the, am I going to transition, uh, nip that in the bud, is very important. And I do love the comment, I'm not looking to make permanent changes mm-hmm. by surgery, hormones, etc., but also that they didn't feel they needed to take those steps to feel whole. Yeah. Which I think so many dual gender folk are misunderstood because we aren't taking a stand to be either masculine or either feminine. We're keeping our biology, but we are looking to express our femininity in the way that expresses our worth, our self, our authenticity, our truth in the best way, in the best light. Yeah. What I love is that there's no defensiveness to it. Mm And I just underlined the word currently. I do not currently feel the need to take these steps in order to feel whole currently. And that is huge because it doesn't lock her with some promise she's making to her parents. Mm -hmm. She's saying at this moment in time, I am not looking to make any physical changes. That shows that there is a mindfulness to this. That shows that she's not locking herself into any sort of promises to them. She's saying at this moment in time, when you're receiving this letter, I do not plan on making any physical changes. And then she explains why. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Being comfortable in who you are at this moment, not ruling out the, that could change. It is not my path now, but I'm not putting this in writing so that you can pull it out 10 years from now and say, hey, you told me you were never going to transition. And that's why I try not to say this with my child, the word I promise. Mm. When people say I promise I will never transition or I promise I will never, you know, fill in the blank, fat shame you or I will never, whatever it is. It's not realistic. It sets, I feel like it sets someone up for failure because we don't know what the future will bring. We don't know. We are flawed. (gasps) Human beings are flawed individuals. And also we give ourselves the beautiful permission as human beings to change, Mm -hmm. right? Whether we're conscious of it or not, our mission in life is to grow and to change and to develop. And I really like the idea that she did not make a hard no that Mm -hmm. she gave this a little bit of room to breathe and spoke from how she is right now, which is really what matters. Right. And you said being mindful. She has self-awareness and she has awareness for her current state and she has awareness for the possibilities. Yes. And I think that speaks a lot or should speak a lot to people. It should be very obvious to people to say, wow, I put a lot of thought and effort and self-assessment into this statement. Correct. Knowing thyself. I love it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Very important. Okay, number two, again in bold. Oof. What does this mean for your marriage? Wife and I are committed to our marriage now, if not more so, as we were the day we said I do. We have definitely had to go through some learning experiences, but every step has only brought us closer together and made us much stronger as a couple. Ah, oh, beautiful. Mm. Not beautiful. It is. And I'll tell you what this also states is that the person most important to me, in this case, me being Amelia, is their wife. Mm -hmm. And that this is a declaration. My wife and I have been on this journey together and we are stronger for it together. It's almost like saying it's okay for you to feel the same. 
And that is amazing. First of all, I we recognize that not everyone's marriage and situation is this perfect, but for this exquisite letter that we are unpacking today, I feel so thankful that that is the case, that they are strong and they are solid. And if anything, the the learning and the unlearning that they have been through has made them stronger mm-hmm. that this is a very much a team effort it's right. it's an ideal scenario i think yeah. in terms and of partnership ev- yeah and they're evolving together yes yes this is this is what i'd wish for every couple this is like the ideal scenario yeah i'm not saying that they're perfect none of us are but i can appreciate that this is a precious precious partnership yeah agreed okay does that mean that you are bisexual juicy love it (laughs) okay does this mean that you are bisexual no i am very much still attracted to the feminine and regardless i'm 100 percent committed to my wife as my wife Mm -hmm. right love that and as we all know your need to express yourself has no bearing on your sexuality. Correct. So Amelia is speaking very much to that point. Just because I dress as a woman to express that femininity that I need to, I'm still attracted to the feminine and to my wife as my partner. That's always been my default setting. In this Mm -hmm. case specifically, it does not mean I'm looking to date men or that I'm pansexual or bisexual. I am a fully heterosexual male who just happens to enjoy expressing their femininity. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, this piece, though it it is just as important as the other questions, it seems to be a focus of distraction for people. Mm-hmm. It seems to be something that they kind of get fixated on. You know, this, the people who are asking, the people that may be uncomfortable, the people that are already viewing being dual gender to cross-dressing, to cross-dressing being a stigma, this sexy fetish underground world. And so I feel that maybe that's why this is so, they need to get to the bottom of it when personally it's not really anyone's business, but yes, it, it it's something that people then, it's their go-to in terms of asking questions. Yes, absolutely. Would you say? Like it's absolutely. Just- yeah, this is number two of the top three, right? It's like, are you gay? Well, they softened it by, by, by saying bisexual, obviously. No, it's like because people, unfortunately, are ignorant about the mutual exclusiveness of your biology versus how you present yourself versus your sexual attractions or romantic attractions. All those things, while typically they coincide with each other in the very heteronormative way, for lack of a better term, but everybody who you tell these things to tend to want to group those in like one bundle together. Say, wait, but as a woman, that means you must like men. And I was like, no. My presentation has nothing to do with my attractions. And I do like that they made it very much a quick and short and concise statement. It says, are you bisexual? Nope. I love my wife. I love the feminine. And we're together in this. What I'm telling you today does not change 
the vows I took does not change mm -hmm. the commitment that is consistent and very strong, if anything, more strong because of what I'm sharing today. Right. It's like, oh, wait, you're dual gender or you're a cross-dresser? Does that mean you have these fetishes? So now you're going to want to start spanking each other on the ass and start looking for swingers and dungeons and, and they're getting all these visuals and the whole thing just goes from being a very beautiful, very pure letter of sharing to this sex dome in their brain <laughs> based on, you know, what they don't know. Right. Based on all these vagaries that they think they understand. At least that's where I go in my head when I wasn't educated. Mm. I can't say that that this person's family <laughs> is as exotic in their head as I am. But. Um, I will say that it was definitely in my own upbringing. I did get those inklings of, well... When you hear about cross-dressers, they're always on the very back pages of those magazines that are behind the newsstand. Right. Yeah, you know, so I always felt it was this very underground fetishy thing. Totally. So I, I can get it just because it's always been kind of it's in the vernacular. Yeah. Right. It was something that was always, correct me if I'm wrong, linked to either homosexuality Mm -hmm. eroticism mm -hmm. fetish so yeah, yeah you're right we're trying to i mean that's why we have the whole show we're trying to bring this awareness that it is a form of humanity it is yeah. a beautiful exotic way in which we move around this planet yeah exactly and the fact that that was the number three question goes to your exact point of like we are trying to unwind and unteach that connection that one must be the other so the fact that they had to be asked and answered is indicative of the fact that people still think that. Okay. Or that we think that people still think that. So yeah, it's slowly unraveling this tie between sexuality and presentation. But it definitely is getting to be more understood as we go forward. Correct. All right, Amelia Rose, where are we, my sweet darling? We are at number four. Mm -hmm. This is juicy. Oh, hello. <laughs> How does this change our relationship? Are we supposed to call you Amelia? Do you prefer female pronouns? So right there in the bold, there's already some educating going on mm -hmm. that maybe the parents weren't even thinking about. Right, right. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see how she answered. Short answer. I don't want this to change anything. I'm still the same person you've always known. I'm just finding my own sense of what it is to be my true and complete self. That said, I would prefer to be addressed according to how I am presenting in the moment. I will read that again. That said, I would prefer to be addressed according to how I am presenting in the moment. I am, however, perfectly comfortable with still responding to male at birth name, especially given how infrequent we see each other face to face. I do not expect you to know when I am presenting as male or female on a day-to-day -day basis. Nailed it, mm. right? Um, yeah, number one, this reminds me of you. Me? It does, if you remember back in a day when we were texting or on the phone together in you knew I wasn't dressed as Savannah in that moment, but you were, weren't sure whether to just keep calling me Savannah, even though you know I wasn't dressed that way. Or if we were texting, could, is it okay that you called me Savannah and said she versus right. you know when I was at work and not dressed that way? So in what Amelia says is actually even perfect for my feeling on the subject matter, which mm -hmm. is, yeah, if I'm dressed as Savannah, 
please, please, please use Savannah and she. If not, use Chuck and he, and it's all good. And I don't admonish people who don't keep to that, but it's, it's preferable. And I love how Amelia was just like, no, I'm still the person you know. And, you know, here here's my preferences. This is what I would like you to do if if you can. Right. And it's a much different thing than someone who's telling their parents that they're transitioning, mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. a new name. Parents are just trying to get it all, right? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. in this day and age as a parent, it's all very, I don't want to say it's very confusing, but it's very new to try to figure it all out. So this helps them really get that, yeah. that Amelia may or may not get a phone call from them being like, is this Amelia? You know, and, mm. and I don't think that that would be insulting. I think that maybe it would be blowing a kiss or I accept you and I see that that part of you that you also are. Right. Right. But she does mm. not expect it. No, I've uh, made phone calls to my dad. You know, it's on a Sunday and I'll be like driving from home to Starbucks or to wherever. And I'm like, hey, here's a good opportunity to call my dad and have that conversation. And of course, my dad is not calling me Savannah or saying she, but I'm completely dressed as she. And I have no compunction or worry or resentment. I mean, one, yes, they don't know. But even if they did know, I would never be like, "Uh, listen, dad, I'm dressed as Savannah right now. So I really need (laughs) you to honor that. No, that, that would never be, at least in terms of my dual gender to ask anybody to to force that. But again, if I show up and you see me, I would appreciate if you, you said that. But I've had a couple of times where people called me Chuck looking straight into my gorgeous blue eyes and my red hair. And I'm like, really? Come on. You're better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number five. Are you expecting us to meet Amelia? That is up to you. I have no desire to force anything that makes you uncomfortable. I understand this is a huge change to process and will wait patiently for you to tell me you are ready. I would suggest that when you think you are ready to ask me to send you a picture of myself in my female presentation. Hmm. Afterward, we can look at arranging a video call when everyone is feeling ready. Boundaries, love that. Mm. That is such a strong, uh, that is such a strong answer. Yeah. It also gives control to the recipient to not have to feel obligated, not have to feel forced to see Amelia prior to them being ready. It's a huge thing to give that power to somebody and say, it is up to you. I am wholly prepared to do this. I would love to do it, but it is up to you when you're ready um, and again, gives opportunities like I can send you a picture. We can set up a video call. You can have a five right. minute conversation through a video call. And also it gives them an instruction manual about how to approach this. When you are ready, I would appreciate for you to ask me to send a picture of myself in female presentation. That also, that eliminates the pressure from Amelia sending this letter and feeling like once they've received it, that she has to go through her pictures and find the right picture to send. This shows a tremendous amount of compassion and care for herself, for her family, and and understands that this is a lot of information that she is giving to them. Mm-hmm. You and I can see it as this breathy, fabulous composition of deliciousness and perfection, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is, is that this is a 
some really big news. And she acknowledges that. I understand this is a huge, in capital letters, huge change to process. And I, and I will wait patiently for you to tell me you are ready. Mm. I would suggest that when you are ready to ask me to send you a picture of myself, it's a suggestion. She it's, said, I suggest. Yeah, yeah. It's not, this is what I want need you to do. But also it gives all- you the, it's almost like... Um, I, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of like when you're in a college dorm and you put the sock on the door, it means that... Uh, yeah, it cues that, them. It, it cues them, right? It's like it's saying, when you are ready, all you have to do is ask for that picture and we're on our way to that next phase. So I do love that. Also, when you're talking about, I will wait patiently for your response. If you remember, I told you earlier about sending those photographs in a short letter to my sister. And then she called me and I explained who I was and why. And again, this is the 90s, so I was not all that perfectly sure and confident in exactly who I was. But they sent me a four-page letter, two pages from my sister and two pages from her husband, supporting me. So I was a recipient of a letter about my identity, but I wasn't the one who wrote it. So I think that response by letter was uh, so beautiful for me. So them taking that time to say, I heard you, I accept what you told me, and here's how we are going to support you by telling you that we love you and that we love your bravery and your choices, and we are here for you if you need us. So that was uh, a huge thing to receive. And just how beautifully and protectively this sentence is stated, I would suggest that when you think you are ready to ask me to send you a picture of myself in my female presentation, I mean, that is just so kind and it has so many cues on how to approach the situation. It's beautiful. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the last one. What? We're almost yeah. done? Yeah. Get out There's of here. There's six. All right. Number six. It's the final one. Drum roll, please. Who else knows about this? Well, I do. And <laughs> you do. I do. We do. Right, everyone? <laughs> As of now. As of now, there are very few people who know about the side of me. I have chosen to tell only wife, a select few close friends that we know locally, and you, in brackets, mom, dad, brother, sister-in-law. I have not told sister, Mm. as I have reservations about how she would respond. Going forward, I ask for your discretion. I do not have a plan in place for this information being shared among my coworkers or the military in general, especially given how new their policies are with regards to gender identity. Please do not share this information with anyone or online. In closing, I just want to say that I love you and appreciate you taking the time to read through this. I'm ready to answer any questions, but please understand that this is a very emotional thing for me to reveal. So be patient with me if I stumble. Amelia Rose. Mm. At least that's how I ended it. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. I almost cried Mm. at the last middle paragraph. Last bit. There's a lot of information in there to unpack for for the reader. So for mom and dad to be like, okay, wait, so now we can talk to these other couple people. We can talk to the wife. We can talk to our daughter. It gets a little tough when you're like, hey, by the way, this person doesn't know. So don't share with them. Yeah. I will say that from a recipient side, that can be difficult as well 
to be told who not to talk to about it. I mean, it is a respect thing, it is a privacy thing. I get that. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, we had to do the same thing last week when we spoke about Judy's daughter saying, hey, can we share this with my husband's family? And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. You <laughs> Use your discretion. And I did ask Judy if she was okay with that circle ever widening. And I think for me, it's, it's smart. It's smart to say, hey, by the way, this is happening. And this is my preference. This is who I prefer to tell and not tell because I'm not sure how they'll take it. So yes, it is a evolution. It is something to make everybody aware of. It's smart to make people aware of. So they don't say, oh yeah, well, I told your sister. I didn't know she didn't know. And now it's a big blow up. I would say that the answer to question six, there's a lot of things to keep things mitigated. So now yeah. it is a little bit of pressure put on the recipient to say, please don't tell so-and-so. This person doesn't know. I don't have a plan for this, but please respect my wishes. It's a lot. There's a lot going on in this letter, a lot of supporting things, a lot of celebratory things. And this is that unfortunate, I don't reality know. Reality. Yeah, the, right. The, yeah, the, absolutely right. The unfortunate reality of, hey, by the way, I'm telling you, but I'm not telling this other person. So please keep that in mind, which unfortunately forces the recipient to, well, keep, like I said, keep it in mind and say, oh, make sure we don't say anything to Josephine if we see her about this. Sure. It's that secret shared is a secret halved, but also is now this burden of keeping that secret from others. It's uh, important to say it's good to know, make sure everybody's aware of the situation and its reality. Yeah, and I think that when in brackets it says mom, dad, brother, sister-in-law, that kind of cues me to believe that this was uh, an email and this was one of those, you know, adding the multiple emails to the chain. I don't mm. get the sense that there were all these letters that were sent out, but again, right, right. I do not know for a fact. And it's pretty clear that you are the chosen group. I have not told sister because X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. For me, if I received an email like this, I would feel like I'm part of the group of people that not only can handle this, but will treat this truth with care mm -hmm. and yeah. tenderness and an amount of respect. Also, there was a, a bit of information just about the current status of our military and their policies and the, and the new policies they're mm -hmm. putting forward in terms of gender identity. Yeah, yeah. As well as a clear boundary that says, do not share this information with anyone or online. Now, regardless if you, if you think that they will, if you think that they know this, never assume. Our dear Amelia was covering all the bases by being yeah. very clear in terms of how far she needs this to go and how contained and special this letter is and how to put this information out to anyone else's hands would be a violation. Right. 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 To, to share with the girlfriend or to share among your Mahjong group or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. Anybody I purposefully reveal myself to, I trust implicitly with the information if they choose to spread the word for whatever reason, I am comfortable and confident enough in my own life and livelihood to take that on. I also have, in terms of the military, in terms of gender identity, as we know, the rollback of the restrictions of trans in the military has been lifted with executive order. It gets very blurry when it comes to dual gender. Because yeah. 
because transgender want to be in that other state. They want to dress and present in a way that's fitting to what they what their needs are. So for somebody who is dual gender, like for me, it was like, well, if I have to go to work as is Chuck all the time, well, I'll just do it and I'll just do my Savannah stuff when it's appropriate for me. I don't have a need to show up at work that way. So I'm very curious. I would love to deep dive with Amelia on the specificity of military and coworkers and how Amelia wants to show up in that work environment. Right. Very interesting. And I like how she, I like how she says I do not have a plan in place for this information to be shared among my coworkers mm-hmm. or the military in general. Right. I thought that was a very thoughtful way of stating that idea. I know you and I as analyzers and as writers <laughs> we we need to remember that there's a listener shift right now happening and people are hearing us. But like, I know that after I get off of this call <laughs> that I will, I mean, I've already underlined stuff, but that I will take each sentence, like a slice of delicious banana bread and just <laughs> go through and examine all angles because I think it is so precious. Yeah. There's a lot happening in this. And again, I'm more, I'm curious now. It's like, Ooh, what does that mean to Amelia? I'm more interested. I'm like, Ooh, now that you said that, what does that mean? Let me, let me dig into that and chew on it. Yum, 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 yum. But aside from you and I wanting to devour this in the ways we do, I love how it was presented. I love how it was sectioned. I love how the questions were yeah. asked and answered. It may or may not serve its purpose for a what the recipient wanted to ask and answer. But Amelia also said, hey, listen, be patient if I stumble. I'm ready for answering questions you may have aside from the things I try to front load with questions and answers. So yeah, very thoughtful, very mindful, very understanding and conscious of the reader and what they may ask and what they may say and how they may meet it. And at the end of the day, you know, Amelia wants what we all want or we all wanted, but didn't get, or we all wanted to say, but maybe didn't say enough or didn't have someone say this to us enough that when it comes to our family and our siblings, that we just want to know them to know that we love them and that they love us and that we're appreciated just for who we are. And this is a really big thing to share. And as beautifully and as confidently as I read it, I definitely know that there must have been a lot of courage needed to not only organize this, but write it. I mean, who knows how long Amelia had this written before it was sent? Who knows how long it's taken to get the courage to sit down to type it? We Mm -hmm. don't know that. And, Mm -hmm. And I wonder how it was received. Yes. I mean, to me, this was like lying the most beautiful, cozy, buttery blanket on a bed. There's so much comfort to it. Feels like she has crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's with this. And then she managed to say that this is an emotional thing for me to reveal. Mm-hmm. So please be patient with me if I stumble. I'm open to questions, but just be patient. Right with my answers and with the time I need to respond to you. Right. Amelia says, when you are ready, I am here. Ask me to send you a photo and I will be patient until then. And then having the thought to say, and please be patient with me. Yep. 
it's understanding that everybody involved is hearing something new, hearing something they may not be familiar with, have to learn about it, have to educate themselves or help have you educate them by asking questions. It's unfortunate we live in a world where we have to have this conversation, that this is not just common knowledge where we can say, hey, by the way, I'm dual gender. Oh, you're dual gender? Oh, you know, Ricky down the street is dual gender. It's not so common that we don't have to go through this process, that we don't have to become educators every time we open our mouth to share. And you and I are educators. You and I are taking it to the streets, uh, podcast-wise anyway. And and it it is super, super important. And I'm going to give you a little secret today. Julie. All right. All right. Um, I'm listening. Okay. Well, Judy and I, when we were driving home from our errands and chores today, we were talking about the likelihood that the Fox and the Phoenix podcast could become the predominant and preeminent podcast on the subject of gender diversity. What? You and I continue to do this, which we intend to. And mm-hmm. every Wednesday, we're bringing new content and bringing more and more people on board. Yeah, we and are. And, you know, having people like Amelia share their stories with us that we can share with our listenership, we will continue to educate and we will continue to bring to the masses a normalcy to who we are. And these letters, as poetic and beautiful and romantic as what Amelia produced and shared with her family, may not be needed at some point because people more and more so will recognize that gender fluidity and non-binary and dual gender are just a part of the fabric of life. Mm, well said. Well said, Miss Hawk. Thank you. Thank H-A-U-K. <laughs> and speaking, <laughs> speaking of thank yous, yes. we just want to thank Amelia Rose for reaching out to us mm-hmm. in such a divine timing kind of way and sharing this beautiful letter something that i didn't share with you before sharing this letter amelia did say um, i am happy to answer follow-up questions or discuss further if needed Mm. so you know i'll be hitting her up what (laughs) i know right dear abelia when you said you're happy to answer follow-up questions or discuss further if needed were you serious because i have a long list (laughs) And I've got nothing but time, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, Dearest Amelia, in your subsection five of your response to the appellants, will you mention to me that you could look into arranging a video? Will you be using Zoom or Skype for that call? Thank you for your endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Why, thank you. Yes, but we want to thank everyone for tuning in. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And we hope that if you're just searching for ways to communicate to your family, if you're just drawing a blank, if it's too overwhelming to come up with a a proper structure, um, that this letter can provide somewhat of a structure for you and really be the catalyst for you to maybe share a little bit yeah yeah Um, maybe use this as a tool because it is just it's something that i want to frame and i might oh yeah so savannah it was a joy spending time with you today as usual 
You as well, as always. As always, because we're going to be together forever. Um, if not longer. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know this is like totally a past life connection. I think so. I think it is. So does that mean we're going to have a future life connection? Is that how that works? I'm totally. Not really... Okay, because I'm not really really on top of like how, you know, reincarnation works. Well, you might come back as a pair of heels and I might come back as a foot. How you doing? But I probably won't powder my foot to just be <laughs> ready for some funk. <laughs> She's got All that right. funk. Gotta have that funk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And thank you for that oh. because last episode it was very musical on your side. Was it? There was quite a bit of music and musicality. Uh, in this, I kind of missed all that musicality, so I'm glad you brought some funk back into it. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. It comes from my soul, and I don't even know when it's happening. <laughs> all right. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please share. Share, because we want to spread this beautiful gift to all the cross-dressers out there, and we, we love you, and we love when you comment, and we do appreciate and notice when people do share on Facebook and mm -hmm. on Instagram. So, yes, thank yes. you. And be prepared for another new episode every Wednesday. Well done. <laughs> Bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> The Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2021. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix podcast underscore.